0: Hey, friend. Welcome to the final episode of Season 1 of Houston Made, a show where I, Rusty Gates, get to talk with local Houston-based entrepreneurs and business owners about what it's like to be in the middle of that journey and selfishly gain insights as I build my own business. In this episode, I got to sit down with my very good friend, Haley Ryan of Mac Ryan Production House, an all-in-one resource for small businesses, entrepreneurs, or basically anyone with a dream who wants to establish a stronger presence and identity in the world. Whether you need brand designs, photography, video work, or a website that communicates who you are and why you're awesome, Mac Ryan does all of that and so much more. In fact, it was my work with Haley and Macran Creative over the last year that was the single biggest factor that led to this show going from a dream to reality. Not only did Haley oversee the whole creation process for the show's artwork, but she also guided me through the vision of the whole show and helped me build a foundation I needed to launch it. So... It's with extreme joy that I get to feature Haley as the last guest of season one. And it has been such a great first season, and my mind spins thinking about all the guests I've gotten to sit down with. And to celebrate, I've created the first ever Houston made merch. I'll talk more about that after the episode. So, listen in as Haley and I discuss how we connected through my compulsive social media habits the importance of falling forward in failure, and why it's so important to find great community as solo and entrepreneurs. Haley Ryan of Mac Ryan Creative. Every week on this show, I end the show in our credits and I say, our artwork was designed by Stephanie Leal and Sarah Alwegfi in collaboration with Mac Ryan Creative. And here you are, Finishing up season one, our final guest. For people who don't know, can you tell me a little bit about Mac Ryan Creative, what you do, what it is?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we just went through a rebrand and are officially a production house. And going through this rebrand really meant creating, I hate to call it like a one-stop shop, but a place of trusted community and a creative space to really help bring to life and bring to vision dreams of people that otherwise don't have visibility who want to go through a branding experience and don't know where to start. So meeting them where they're at and meeting all of their needs, uh, is really what Mac Ryan production house has become. It started off as a tiny studio and it's grown to what it is now, which is a dream for sure.
0: So a production house, you're working with small businesses, entrepreneurs, anybody Mm -hmm. that needs a brand Mm -hmm. or a a presence in the world and online, Mm -hmm. Uh, and as a production house, you are partnering with these small businesses to create brand brand identity, but also connecting them with your network within the production house for everything they need in terms of design, photography, videography. Am I missing anything?
1: No, I think, I think another thing to really push on is that most people already have a wheel of genius and, and the goal for Mac Ryan is to be the creative arm to that okay. to be a collaborative partner. It's not to say, let me take your dream and make it what I think the vision is. It's really to say what possibilities are available to you and how do we really bring that to life. And it really started off from me knowing that there are mom and pops in the world that don't know where to start, mm-hmm. who might've cashed in their 401k to make a dream come to life. And it breaks my heart to think that they don't know where that journey really begins. And so it's, it's less about, I hate to say it's less about production, but it's really about directing them in a way that is through a trusted network, but it's to be the creative arm to a greater vision that they might have for their business.
0: There is a, a certain level of narcissism that I was afraid was, would sneak into this episode in particular because of my involvement uh, with you, me being one of the clients that helped you get to this point in this big, like pivotal Mm-hmm. Going from, like you said, it was a smaller thing and now mm-hmm. it's like this big thing. Mm-hmm. And you and I've talked a little bit about how m- our work together really helped push that along or at least yeah. expedite that process. Absolutely. So for people, all the people who don't know that <laughs> context, I'll give yes. it to that. I was working in real estate, uh, since 2018 I was doing great winning winning awards but wanted to do so much more. Wanted to do YouTube, wanted to have a podcast, wanted to sell merch. And I just could never figure out how I could convince people to buy Rusty Gates real estate merch, <laughs> um, which makes sense. Like I get it, but boy, did I spend a lot of time and energy thinking about it. And so I had all of these ideas and passions and dreams uh, and really didn't know where to go. I knew I was wanted to make videos as an excuse to not do real, real estate work. And so it was already. Pursuing kind of creative endeavors along those lines. And then I met you online. And the way that that happened, I think is just worth noting as well, because I think there's some business principles here that, that, that are indicative of my own success. If there's anything that, like, man, Rusty does so much stuff and it knows so many people, this is how it is a compulsive, stalkerish level of internet <laughs> connectivity. Which is Mm -hmm. to say that um, I'd been listening to Gary Vee for years and he talked about, Mm -hmm. you know, you find people in your area and you just comment and engage with their stuff. So you find people that are, that would be clients in your area and you just start saying, hey, I love your work, but being really specific with those posts and comments. Mm -hmm. I started when I would have clients, real estate clients or business partners that I would work with, I would go on their Followers, I'd find their like click on their followers on their <laughs> Instagram page, and I would click through profiles, and I would try to find people that had at least three or f- that were following three or four people that followed me, and then smart <laughs> right because then attacking
1: the system, but that's even more strategic, it's, it's next level. It's yeah, not, I'm telling I respect you, it.
0: Compulsion, <laughs> and so I'd go through, and because and then I would say, Oh, okay, so this person follows Twisted Arrow Goods. I am going to about to make a video for Twisted Arrow Goods um just for stories and i want to find all the people that follow Twist arrow goods and a few of my friends mm-hmm. so that whenever they post when Twist arrow Goods shares this video they'd be like rusty gates who's this guy oh wow six of our friends follow rusty i guess i should also follow rusty so i was looking <laughs> to really um Cap- You're becoming
1: your own suggested friend yes, section. <laughs> yes,
0: I am. So I was just trying to capitalize on the relational equity that I would have in these people's networks. Mm. Your brother was one of those people. Is I found yes. your brother, and I distinctly remember following him mm-hmm. uh because he was connected in the Twisted Arrow Goods mm-hmm. former guest, go listen to that episode. Uh, in that world. And so I followed him. And then a few weeks later, he shared a giveaway from Mac Ryan creative, uh, <laughs> for some free graphic design work. Um, mm-hmm. and so I, I followed you, I entered mm-hmm. and then I won. Uh-huh. Uh, huh. why don't you take the story from there? So what happened from there, from your perspective? I'm fascinated.
1: Yeah. So at the time, uh, like you in the professional world, I worked for Microsoft. I did, I owned all of training for the Houston area, super awesome, like loved what I did. But similarly to your story, I was always spending time escaping into trying to make Mac Ryan come to life. Like most entrepreneurs, we have all of these other endeavors we've done first. It was, I think, a random Thursday. This is why our story is so serendipitous <laughs> because it was like a random Thursday, and I just thought, okay, what can I do to inject business? I'm as a creative person, I'm really terrible if I don't have a prompt. I can't just make it up. Yeah. Uh, and so on a random Thursday, I remember sitting on my couch having coffee. I was like, what can I do to just inject some energy? Really, I just need a free prompt to do some creative work. I don't really care what it is. And I just made a few graphics and shared it on my stories and had no idea. I was like, eh, maybe I'll make one thing for one random person and that's enough for me. Sure. One person engaging is more. It's what's the there's an audio clip that that talks about if 30 people walked in this house right like 30 people watching your stories isn't a lot mm-hmm. but if 30 people walked in my house right now and saw what i was doing you'd yeah. be overwhelmed and i always think about that in relation to our story and how that started so i just randomly shared it to my story and you reached out it was like you and like i think only like four or five other people and similarly <laughs> i went and crept their stuff and wanted to know how interesting they were. What I could really do right? We're always looking for a good fit in industry. Sure. And yeah, I just likewise crept your and I was like, okay, like I don't know who this person is. Yeah, no idea. He has a lot of energy, <laughs> very boisterous. I have no clue, but like, sure, you win. Like that Yay! sounds great. Yeah, you probably don't know that half of the story. I know that half of the story. <laughs> but I just I was like, okay, this. This looks great. And, but what's funny is that your system worked because I was like, okay, somehow he knows my brother and my sister-in-law. Uh-huh. And I just started following Aero Goods. My brother's volunteering there. Okay. <laughs> somehow he knows them and they know a lot of people. So... Your system worked.
0: There it is. <laughs> there, that, if there's, I don't know that I've given a whole lot of like good advice on this show. Maybe <laughs> if anything, this is it. Uh-huh. stalk people on Instagram yes. and build those connections. Mm-hmm. But okay. So I win. And yes.
1: Okay. So you win and we connect. And by the time I think you picked of the three to five options there were, you're like, I'll take some IG highlights. Yeah. Okay, cool. Took your brand colors, made some, mm-hmm. hi- are those still there? Yeah. Actually, I actually don't know. Oh, yeah, they, yeah they, Oh, totally that's great. Okay, I thought so. The last time I checked, they were there. <laughs> so, uh, and so, so that, that, us, that, yeah. That, yeah, that's what you picked. And somewhere in that conversation, you're like, hey, this is what I want. But also, I have this, all of these creative ideas, and I have no idea how you can help me, but I want to partner with you, and I would love to take a call and figure that out. So, Running my business, we do a discovery call. And even from there, I don't think, I knew the skills that I had professionally, like coming from my own background. Yeah. And I had like a mild vision, but I think it wasn't until we got deeper into that discovery call and all of the things that you wanted to do that... I was intrigued. I was like, I have no idea where this, I feel like I probably echoed what you were already thinking. I was like, I have no idea where this is going, but like I'm game, like let's do it. And already working for someone else, I wasn't really worried about that at the time. And so from there it was, you know, business proposal. Here you go. I think this is what we can do Yeah. if you're down.
0: Kudos on all of that. <laughs> I mean, you 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 crushed it. I think that I have absolutely struggled in the creative work in the media business of like getting people proposals and stuff. But I mean, in my recollection, I was like, yeah. So, from my perspective, I was I knew you were doing graphic design. I had been saying for a long time. I've basically been trying to convince Vince, my wife to like be my boss. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I oh, have yeah, a lot right. of I have a lot yes. of energy and. I just, I knew I needed to hire someone to be my boss. Like, yes. tell me what to do with my time, Yes. structure it, organize it, because, again, I want to do all of the things, and I don't know how to prioritize. Yes. And, and of course, Jess, being the wise woman that she is, refused.
1: Saved her own sanity. And
0: our marriage. And uh, and so, and that was kind of how I was approaching it. It was I was saying, like, I need somebody who can sort through all this chaos and create yes. structures and systems, but who is creatively minded um, that will understand some of that and some of those passions and mm-hmm. creating a business around creative work. And, mm-hmm. and based on what I saw from you, I was like, yes, she could do it. And it <laughs> but I mean, again, you proved that so much more so quickly with the proposals. And I think you were using HoneyBook and it just mm-hmm. like, just like na- knocked the and I was like, yeah, sure. I'll give you a significant amount of money. Like, let's go. Like, mm-hmm. Let's just do it. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to you. Cause I, I want to talk about you and your business. And oh,
1: I, the story so important.
0: I think, yeah, I think it, it just has to be told. Mm-hmm. And so, um, to, to summarize then the next eight months ish of work was, uh, you and I, <laughs> I stated goals that changed approximately every three weeks, yep. and you worked really, really hard to build systems and structures to yep. align to those goals <laughs> only to have me completely change my mind every three weeks yes um which you were great about being flexible uh and acknowledged that it was frustrating, and that was fine, but it was a part of that process of me sorting it all out i mean like mm-hmm. this was decades of dreams that were just like Mm -hmm. all packed in together and to some of it I didn't even really know Um, but you did a great job of setting goals for me and helping me um, clarify okay if this is what you're gonna do here's some homework go do it and let's Mm -hmm. see what happens Um, and a big part of that at least on my side of the story is that you were like well if you want to do video you need to make videos (laughs) Uh (laughs) like you but you actually have to do it and so you just started tasking me with making videos. And it's funny because, you know, uh, it may not be evergreen, but this time of year, last year, uh, a little bit before this, 13 months ago, I was making videos around Thanksgiving. And I made to date what is still my wife's favorite video, which you were like, you should make this. And I was like, that's stupid. And you were like, you should make it anyway. And so I made it. And then, like, it probably is to date my best performing social media video, which is like the the dumb things to do during the uh, holiday season, but they're all ruined by COVID and it was funny and people liked it. And I still like begrudgingly, <laughs> like, but um, anyway, and so, and then, but within the time that we were working together, you left Microsoft. Yes. So let's talk about that. So, Cause, cause mm-hmm. I wasn't the only client. So I, yeah. uh, it's not, this <clears throat> isn't macro and creative totally exists just because of Rusty Gates real sure. estate. That's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, we were working together, maybe that gave a little momentum, and then you mm-hmm. left Microsoft. What was that transition?
1: Yes. So, one thing that I, I really hope is taken away from mine and your work together is that as much as I want to be the creative arm to other people, I think what I really saw in our kickoff opportunity was a lot of my dreams coming to actualization. It was, I want to be the human side of accomplishing tasks that makes this greater vision come to life. Mm. And it was through that, that really, you're right. Like you weren't the only client, but at that very time, someone in my family passed away. That's the short of it. Yeah. And I remember taking bereavement and I think we had just started working together Mm -hmm. And I felt so alive in all of our calls that, you're right, it was very, like, organizing chaos, but to see the human side, because not all of our calls were accomplishing tasks it was
0: (laughs) most of our calls were not accomplishing (laughs) tasks i'll
1: let you say that yeah no for sure yeah
0: yeah yeah and not and that's not anything on you it's that anybody who works with me as a high disc i as an enneagram Mm seven just needs to be prepared to spend 30 minutes shooting at least shooting the shit yes. and small talking yeah. and catching up and dreaming and talking about stuff before yeah. we actually like get to business. I've had to like develop that a little bit more and try to mm-hmm. find those spaces. But certainly on our calls, it would absolutely be 30 to hour and a half um, of therapy, me dreaming, me processing and you just like going along with me and uh, yeah. And diving into that. So it was, you're right. It was not like we spent every time and it's here's the plan, but it was, Yeah.
1: Well, I think it's, it's on that half that really on the more personal half of sharing those bigger dreams and why they hadn't happened and all of those things that for me highlighted the reason that I got into business in the first place, Mm. which is, and I struggle in conversations with other entrepreneurs who are all business and what's profitable and what makes sense and all of that. But for me, it's so much at the end of the day, you are a human that's putting on your pajamas and you're going to bed and what work you put in that day and how much of that is making you from 10 years ago proud of yourself. And so that to me was just as, was just as productive for my own business selfishly Yeah, and helps me perform in different ways for that reason.
0: Discerning that you enjoyed working more with people who had, or were at least able to tap into... Longer life, legacy type goals and dreams, mm-hmm. as opposed to the entrepreneurs that are. My goal is to make you know one point three million dollars. Yeah, I'm prepared to spend this many hours and mm-hmm. da da da, and then, mm-hmm. like buy the books. Like that, it was more drawn to the dreamers who mm-hmm. had, uh, as you said, that own um, what did you call it? Genius wheel, wheel of genius. Mm-hmm. What's that Ooh. terminology from? You st- I, you just came I, up with that?
1: On, no. I would love <laughs> I would love to own that. I, I heard that. I wheel think. of genius. Yeah. yeah. That their
0: own wheel of genius yes. and that you're like, you want to come alongside of that. But that's, yes. that's what that clarified for you. You were saying.
1: Yes. Uh, but to answer your yeah previous question and other clients, that really highlighted that experience for me and validated what was my dream from four years ago. So Matt Ryan has existed for now four years, mm-hmm. but has only been completely 100%. In October, we celebrated one year. Being on our own. So, to backtrack. So I left Microsoft and and during that bereavement period, the only thought I had was, and it it doesn't matter how much money you have. You can't buy back regret and you can't buy back time. And so at the very end, I sent an email on a Saturday and I put in my two weeks and moved on from there and never looked back. And I don't think I really even thought about my old job or life Mm. or whatever you want to call it for probably eight months. Yeah. It was full steam ahead. Uh, I really appreciated our work too, because we, we had calls every week. Mm -hmm. So I always had something to look forward to and other clients were kind of peppered in because their milestones were a lot longer. Yeah. But for the greater vision and to understand the longevity of people's creative endeavors, which is, you know, now Rusty Gates Media is its whole own thing. It didn't yeah. start that way. No. And I think I always really reference it as well as my greater goal for every client that I take on. So, yeah, we might be creating your brand and we might be doing your brand shoot and doing your website and all of that. But how is everything that we're doing built strategically into making your eight-year-old self really proud? Mm. I think I think I'm like nine out of ten of clients that have cried on calls with me because that's who I'm always talking about. And they're like, okay, like you're, you're paying for, or I'm paying for therapy and like getting yeah. shit done. Like this sounds great. But um, yeah, I left and I think what has also grown this production house in the network sense is I also really missed community and I wasn't prepared for that. That's mm. the only thing I spent the three years leading up to going on my own. Working on a, you know the logistics CRMs mm-hmm. proposals like really mastering a, a user experience side and because I wanted to be taken seriously, but I don't think it was until I left that I realized that I was alone mm. a lot and so I always look forward to client calls and I love hearing about other people's visions and dreams and that partnership because selfishly it also creates that community yeah so and and uh, I think a long time ago, I told you that you collect people or, and I wasn't the only one and maybe you've read that, but I think that's, what's really built. The production house has been hearing other people's goals and wanting to partner with them Mm -hmm. to make that possible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, it's been an amazing journey to watch and, you know, to get to be a part of it. Um, I mean, you always, you've always just kind of had your shit together. Obviously it's, it's not, I mean like you don't, but you do, Mm -hmm. um, especially relative to all the stuff that I've been doing. (laughs) Um, and yeah, and and the show wouldn't exist without you. I mean, I've talked about that Houston made has been a a dream since 2018, 2019, the earliest scrap of paper that mentions it's 2019, but I swear that there is a piece of paper somewhere before (laughs) that predates that. Um, and I knew I wanted to do it and I knew I wanted to do it well and, um, yeah, so much of what I've got going on can be attributed to our work together because um, you helped me build a runway for the show. One of the things, one of those crying moments uh, in our calls was me talking about, you know, I've said this a lot, I think over the last few months, but yes, I am this flighty impulsive person, but I don't want anybody to know like it's true, Mm -hmm. but God, I don't want anybody to know that. And how desperately, I want to both be the life of the party and be taken seriously and how hard it always has been to manage those two mm-hmm. ideals and personas within myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I look at some of my favorite like stand-up comedians and they just talk about like, well, if you can't laugh at yourself, like you're not funny and mm-hmm. like, well, then I guess I'm not funny, <laughs> like, <laughs> but I, but you know, people would say that sometimes. So, you know, as we worked through that, um, we made Houston made and we did it Right. And we made this show and produced it now finishing up season one. It feels crazy to have interviewed as many guests and 30, this will be the 32nd episode and over six months and thousands of listeners. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's all a trip. But then also, as you said, just exploring those dreams and passions, Rusty Gates media really just came out of me doing the stuff that I wanted to do for my business and other people saying, Hey, can you do that for me? Mm -hmm. Um, that's just been, that's been a trip. Anyway. <laughs>
1: it's a good, no, I think it's a good reflection. I think also for people that are listening, it's true. You know, every entrepreneur does, you know, 17 things before they find whatever it is they're looking for. But Rusty Gates Media didn't come from day one. No. I feel like that didn't come till probably two thirds of the way through that we're like, okay, well, where does the podcast live? And how do we really make videography a part of, Mm -hmm. what you're trying to pursue outside of real estate. And obviously people can go and read the case study on my site for this brand, for your brand specifically. And it, it was a a means to a creative end Mm -hmm. since day one. You're like, I do this because I want to do fun stuff. Like this is just to help me pursue that. And so I think it's to anyone listening, there's definitely, you're going to do 17 things first, but I hate that you have to sometimes mm-hmm. to get there and that you can't bet on yourself the first time. It's that you have to continue to bet on yourself to prove that you'll eventually find the one thing. Yeah. But I think it teach you, teaches you a really valuable lesson it, just in that sense. Yeah. That it's, it's never going to be the first go. But also it, it helps liberate you to know that, to take the pressure off. Yeah. To say you know this doesn 't have if this doesn 't work it 's fine. I have s- sixteen more tries at least
0: okay i'm gonna 'm going challenge something here oh i'm gosh. just fa- i'm just I, beca- I saw you post this the other day again because you and I are good <laughs> friends and uh, <clears throat> and i i I love what you 're saying. I love that like you 've got to like have it f- like you just got to try stuff mm. and see what works mm-hmm. and do all of that um, all posts it says your belief needs to be so strong that you don't even have a plan B, and I don't. Mm-hmm. But how does that correspond with trying seventeen things? I, I'm just so I like, yeah. I, I saw that and I was like, well, because I guess it's just because it's I have so many plan Bs. I have a yes. I have a plan Z twenty six.
1: Okay, so, fair enough. So it's That's like, fair. well,
0: okay, we're gonna give this a shot, but I didn't work out. I get that this is like there's a a sentiment to that, and its sentiment's likely true, but I just. I'm fast. I, I saw it and I wanted to give you shit about like, it. And I was yeah. like, oh, well, we got a podcast interview coming up, so I'll do it then.
1: Perfect. <laughs> so to me, a plan B is in reference to a fallback. And to, and what it really means is in 17 tries is a pursuance forward. Mm. It's never to fall back on something. It wasn't until I hit one year, a hundred percent on my own. It, it wasn't even until I think it was like two weeks post. That's like anniversary that I had ever had a thought of, man, this would be a whole lot easier to go and work for somebody else. Yeah. It would be a lot easier. I wouldn't have to bet on myself. I would just have to be a high performer. Yeah. Right. And so to me, a plan B is always a fallback. It's mm. like your fallback university or your fallback job. Or sure. you're like, well, I was a realtor before and so this doesn't work. I know that I know what I'm doing versus for me most specifically in entrepreneurship. It's at bats. Yeah right? You're like, okay, like you strike out, whatever, like it's on the bench, wait till like the next inning. You're going to keep pursuing the home run yeah. no matter what. And to me, it's that relentlessness yeah. of not saying, well, I know like,
0: it's a commitment but, to do the thing just yes, to say like, just how, how much are you going. showing up to it? Cause, mm-hmm. like, and that's what I've and And I'll agree. I mean, I've heard it said like the best thing you can do for your real, your part-time real estate business is make it a full-time real estate business. Mm. And I may have said this on the show, but <clears throat> I had people that started with me who were better at real estate than me in Mm -hmm. every way, just like more professional, more intelligent, better salespeople, more persuasive, better looking. (laughs) (laughs) It all matters. And, and then they, but they didn't do it. They like were, they were a part of the statistic of like 90% of agents that get their license won't renew for after two years. And Mm -hmm. it was because they had like a really cush, Job like a full time job, and they were like, oh, I'm going to try real estate, but they never like really got like really swung for the fences. So maybe yes. they had an at bat, yes, but they never really just like closed their eyes and hoped that like mm-hmm. they're that this will be something. Mm-hmm. And I can I can acknowledge that that is really what that's about to say. Like <laughs> whatever it is that you are doing, just do it. Like swing. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like the fallbacks for me, and I've said this a lot recently in the show as well, is. Um, That if I had to quit real estate because I wasn't selling enough houses and had to do Mm -hmm. something else, but I paid my mortgage for three, four years, like that was a win. Mm -hmm. Like, right. Like that, that wouldn't, I would not consider that failure. Mm -hmm. I want to say that I would not consider it failure. A part of me is like, "Mm, I think I'd probably still consider it failure. Yeah. But, um, to the trying 17 things. Yeah. Mac Ryan has had several iterations prior mm. to what it is today. Obviously, again, you just went through a big rebrand. So everybody yeah. can go online and see what it is now. Yes. But prior to that, you, before Mac Ryan Creative, mm-hmm. Production House. There was just Mac Ryan Creative,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Non-Production House. <laughs> then there was Mac Ryan Creative Studio which was about brand strategy Mm -hmm. and identity design. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, there was Ryan Creative Co. Oh, (laughs) nice. Which was a constantly evolving studio with rotating (laughs) artwork inspired by different (laughs) mediums. Talk to me about your 17 things before where you are here today.
1: (laughs) Embarrassingly enough. Okay. (laughs) So...
0: I'll start with Ryan Creative Co. Let's start there. What yeah. was that?
1: Well, okay. So at the time, I was in college. I was doing architecture and design. And then I realized in my second year of architecture school, that I was like, ah, I don't really like building all these little models. This is, this is, I don't like this. <laughs> and I really realized that it was the presentation half and all the graphics and like really pulling together greater vision. So it's like, okay, that's obviously my path. And moved on to design. And so Ryan Creative Co was to really, it was. I guess an attempt at honoring a really true sense of art through discovery versus very curated. Which I think that I think that handle is still live. I should probably go, it is. I should probably go take those down. Cool. <laughs> and, well,
0: after this episode, <laughs> certainly. So now that I've advertised it to our well, millions I, of I, listeners, yes,
1: you're right, millions for sure. <laughs> I want to give them some posterity to look at. Um, and I really wanted it to be like a curation of art. I think without thinking that I had to be in the forefront of anything. And obviously that was so to me so many years ago, but it was my first attempt at saying like, okay, I think I have a vision and I think I can be a leader in my own space. And before now, you know, everyone's their own brand and, and all of that. So
0: it was early too. I mean, that's, that's an older account. So I mean like it really was prior to every human being having a brand.
1: Yes. Well, and really that was probably like my fourth at bat. (laughs) If we're being honest, because before that I did wedding invitations and baby shower invites and yeah, I've done a lot in the creative space, but I think that was my, that was my first attempt at trying to be taken seriously Mm. was to say, I have an eye and I have a vision and this is, this is through that lens. Sure. That was that attempt. I love it.
0: I I love that it's out there. I I mean, uh, there are those accounts that again, because of my compulsive uh behaviors uh, i find and um just yeah to see that the journey i I, I mean there's some embarrassing stuff i'll tell you right now that if you look hard enough you can find an mtv cribs style video with a ripped off a, a legitimately ripped off intro from mtv cribs that i put into a video that i made in 2010 Of an apartment, my first apartment in Colorado, which was like my first real apartment without any roommates. (laughs) And I conned Melissa Miles, who's a friend of mine, now lives in DFW, to record, like to hold a camcorder while I, or maybe my iPhone, I don't know, to hold something. Your
1: videography went way further back than I think even I knew. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. uh, I I might have to be one one of the millions that would listen to this episode later. I'm going to go find it. And
0: prescribe it. So there's that. I... Predating that, the earliest video work that I that exists on social media is in 2009, I think, if you look for it on Facebook. I, I'd love for people to find these videos. <laughs> it's called A Pilgrimage of Three. And it was me, my buddy Brian Beck, who How is, long did
1: you plan that title out?
0: Not at all. So here's oh, the okay. thing. Oh, okay. So Brian Beck <laughs> is responsible for so much of Rusty Gates Media's work. He was one who connected me with Jake, who then became a podcast guest on Rent Eboards. Um, shout out to Brian Beck, if you're listening and <laughs> Brian Beck, a good friend, Jesse Cowan and I, and the three of us decided on Thursday that the next day we were going to drive to Colorado and back over the weekend that we were just going to like go. And so we like loaded up in my two door Hyundai accent and drove there. And then we made all of these little videos like along the way. Some of them are really stupid, like, uh, nature reports. We'd like just like little <laughs> dumb things where Brian would look out the window and see what animals he could see out of the window. Um, injury reports where we would do stupid stuff like fill the car with paper and turn it roll down the windows and it would fly around and it like one hit me in the eye and I like put it back in slow motion and you see this like piece of paper hit me in the eye. Um, and another one is we re- recreated a scene from Dumb and Dumber because we found a payphone. And there's this scene in Dumb, the movie Dumb and Dumber where uh, one of the villains like punches a guy through a payphone door. And we re- recreated the whole scene with multiple cuts and I edited it in the back of the car. On my laptop, and it exists. And uh, it's amazing. I'll share it. I'll share it after this goes live. But um, yeah, for a long time, there was all of that. So I don't know. You talk about the embarrassing stuff. I, I just think that it's good to be out there.
1: Well, I think that there was a lot of people really compare Instagram and TikTok. I'll make this part brief. But people really compare Instagram and TikTok. And are re- plenty of people are huge advocates for TikTok because they feel like they've created a cringe-free community.
0: Okay. I'm which, I'll follow you. Go on. Okay. I
1: can't, I am watch too many reels that I, I can't even go down the TikTok black rabbit hole. Um, and what I was trying to do very early on is create that space where I felt really free to like share that vision. And now looking forward before everybody and everything that they did was a brand. And this is where I think it becomes really scary for people to take the 17 at bats is you have to prove that you're working on something in order for people to buy into it, which can be really crippling to the process.
0: Yeah. And
1: yes, absolutely. And even recently now, now that you reference all of the accounts I've had, I just recently created a new one.
0: I know I followed it this morning.
1: Oh, did you? Okay.
0: (laughs) I requested it <laughs>
1: Nice. Uh,
0: this morning. You haven't, you haven't approved my follow. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to tell anybody about it. That's why I didn't want to bring it up.
1: Yeah. Um, because because of, and a previous client of mine, I told them that had similarly to you, all of these endeavors that they wanted to pursue. I'm like, you can do all of those things. But at a certain point, in terms of brand and building greater vision, all this, there has to be a capacity that you're digestible. That sounds kind of shitty to say. Sure. Probably. But- at the end of the day, you're also not a waffle. So you're not all of these categories and you can only be these things that are visible to the world. And it was through really replaying that in my mind that I made another account because there's, because I am a human and I want to share those things. I no longer feel the need to be the face and the vision of Mac Ryan production house. And I wanted to separate that vision of being a CEO and owning a business and being the CEO. Yeah. Right. So, uh, Jamie Kern Lima, who used to own It Cosmetics. Okay,
0: you cool. like, I yeah. don't know who that is. Nope. Anyway. No clue. But go um, on.
1: But, bef- but was never – the had always been the face of the brand, long story short. Mm. And, like, now you see this this divide, This the human that really built this thing up. And yeah. I really want that experience to say, I, re- I made this kick-ass hummus recipe and I want to share it. And it's not necessarily on brand for Mac Ryan Production House.
0: Sure.
1: So – It takes a long time to decide where you want to live. And for some people, Restigates Media being a great example, you are everything that the company is, but not everybody exists in that way. And so it felt really silly for a long time to make yet another iteration. But at a certain point, I'm not a waffle. You're not. (laughs) You're not a waffle. And so I think it also, even though I made it, and I think there's like a few pictures of like... Six posts that I
0: haven't seen yet know it's private, so I'm waiting.
1: You know, I feel like only my friends should get to see it. Yeah. (laughs) And it just, it also feels, it feels silly in its own way to create this thing for me to feel free that then I can be separate of the company that I built.
0: Sure. I, I mean, I totally hear you. I mean, I own the Instagram handle for Rusty Gates Media. Mm -hmm. I just don't have the bandwidth at this time Mm -hmm. to think through how am I going to present this new company with the assets I already have with all that and keeping it consistent. So I just was like, I want it. Mm -hmm. I'll deal with it later. Later. Like
1: when I think that's talking about all the opportunities and the the many times that you're going to try, I think that that's, that for me is why I created that space because there's always going to be things that you want to pursue. Like I think about starting a YouTube channel and doing my own podcast and all of these things. Similarly, I'm like, I just, just not right now. Okay. Okay. Big, okay. Champ. Like just hold on. Yeah. And knowing that those things are eventually going to come to fruition, creating a space that I wanted to share with the world that is, that is the behind the scenes that really humanizes the business. Because I think for me, I look at brands that are owned by people using yours as an example again. And I'm like, that's just not who I am. And it took me a really long time to figure that out. Sure. That I don't, that that's just not for me. And that's not the space that I want to live in. But it took me a long time to figure out how to give myself permission yeah, to separate. Yeah. When I see other people do it so well and feeling like mm-hmm. it was a requirement for success to be that person.
0: Yeah. That, I think that's excellent insight. I mean, that's, It's something that people certainly need to hear. Um, I absolutely don't think that anybody needs to follow in my footsteps directly and say, like, this is how you do it. I Mm -hmm. mean, there's, again, compulsions and neuroses that goes Mm -hmm. along with the way that I have gotten to where I am Mm -hmm. Um, and stuff that I'm uniquely wired for. Mm -hmm. Um, I was off of social media entirely before I started the real estate company for probably eight months, I'm going to guess. But I just got to the point where I was like, why am I sharing any of this? Like Mm -hmm. I can take pictures on my phone. That's for me. And people would at work be like, Hey, did your kids take, like do Halloween costumes? And they were like, really? I guess maybe it was just Ollie at that point. And, uh, I was like, he did. Yeah. And they're like, well, we didn't see any pictures. And I was like, you don't deserve to, why do I, I I just remember being like, this is why I don't have social media. (laughs) Yeah. Very selfish. Like, that's not for you. It's for me. Yes. And it was when I was starting my real estate business, like shit, like I gotta be in these places and platforms. Yeah. And now I do it. I think I do it well, and I love being in front of the camera and all that, but it serves a purpose. And you and I have discussed this before. Um, Not everyone who's listening may really appreciate or know of Casey Neistat, which is a Mm -hmm. Greek tragedy, But um, (laughs) in my my personal opinion. But what I have found, and this was in retrospect listening to interviews with Casey Mm -hmm. since he has effectively quit YouTube. Um, He just posted a video today that I have yet to watch, but (laughs) he was posting every day for years and Mm -hmm. now he he has taken a year essentially off at at least in listening to the podcast since then is to say what I realized is that when he started his daily vlog, it was not uh, a self-fulfilling thing. It was not, I'm doing a daily vlog to do a vague daily vlog. Mm -hmm. It was that he was in the process of creating beam at MIT through a technology influencer program, mm-hmm. and realized that uh, that creating this platform and creating this uh, audience would help serve the company that he was building. Mm-hmm. And then he became through that became arguably one of the most influential YouTubers ever. Yes, but not because he wanted to be a YouTuber right. in and of itself. Sure. It was that he had a company and he was like, well, I got to be in this, being in this space would serve this really well and create other opportunities. And therefore that's why I'll do it. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. I think that a lot of our work helped me figure out, mm-hmm. which was to say, like, I felt obligated to be in the space, to be in the space, mm-hmm. as opposed to say, no, I have a bigger thing that I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to create multiple companies and run this podcast. And because of that, I'll be in these spaces. Yes. Yes. And that has, that has pushed me to be in those spaces and be in those spaces better mm-hmm. um, and, and get more creative of like, I don't like engaging in Instagram this way, Yep. so I'm not gonna. Yep. But if I have to be here for my businesses, I'm going to find ways to be here mm-hmm. that I want to be and I enjoy. And that was video and going more analog with some of my photos and doing like it. it so it serves, uh, it serves a purpose. I don't know where we are. This is how this convers this is how our conversations go. that I got really excited and I have no idea where we are <laughs> yeah, in this conversation. If you were making like, a point, I don't know what it was, and yeah, I apologize.
1: No, it's fine. I trust your editing skills. <laughs> I was like, he'll find a storyline, it's great. I think in a lot of, I think that is a really well-said way to describe what I feel like my strength is, which at times, and eventually we can move away from like a social media conversation, but like at times really serves and I don't do a great job at describing my wheel of genius Mm. right which is we really reverse engineered your greater goal even when we couldn't overly define it Mm -hmm. it's like we want to climb that mountain over there yeah that's all we know and we're over here and there's some hills and other sub mountains along the way okay so how are we going to reverse train to make sure that we're prepared that once we hit that like we can do it and that's, a, and using Casey Neistat as an example is, is to say it served a greater purpose and just doing the thing is all that matters. And what I'm really excited to see specifically in a more social space is how much people are coming to life to just be like, yeah, this is my cat and it's kind of dumb and this is my kitchen and it hasn't yeah, been updated and, and to really again, humanize the experience to make that space available to more people. And I think that's where I remember in one of our conversations, and I actually just used this in a conversation yesterday as an example, but it's to say like, there are boundaries that should be set so that you know where you can exist and then deciding what those action points look like and what that means to you. If you don't like doing something a certain way, you don't have to. Yeah. Like, The rules are made up. Literally, I I know that people like to say, like, you know, uh, like time isn't real, and but time isn't real, and all the rules are made up. Yeah, everyone's just pretending and googling what they're doing anyway, (laughs) so it's fine. Yeah, say yes to every opportunity and then figure it out. Like behind the scenes, they don't have. Just say yes confidently and then move forward. But I think that he's a really great example to to say that there's a greater purpose that you're meant to serve, but it's going to take all of those attempts. To even get close enough to that mountain to even know how big it is to climb.
0: Yeah, I, I, it's excellent. I don't
1: know if that, if that, I, I if don't, that wraps up the it, route that we went it, on, it's but
0: cer- I think it's it, it certainly it, it's certainly excellent, and I think that it is valuable for anyone to hear. The point we were making was that you don't have to do it like me; that you could do it your way, and mm. you can. I like for me, it made sense to be like, yeah, no, I'm the face of everything. Mm-hmm. So we built. You helped me build. Multiple brands that were – and, like, I always wanted to, like, have these cool creative, like, names, like Aperture Media or some nonsense like that. Oh, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> we tested them. Yeah. there's, there's they, But we, <laughs> what we just came down to is, like, Rusty Gates Media, Rusty Gates Real Estate. Part of that's because my name is what it is and it works and people remember it. But the other part of it was just, like, no, like, this is all centered on me being me. Mm-hmm. And people do not have to be me. They don't have to be extroverted. They certainly – will likely be more successful if they're not sevens uh to like run businesses and that for you to separate those things and say like there's me as a person there's me as a ceo and then there's that company and that's a completely different like Mm -hmm. thing i I think it's really good and it's probably going to be really healthy in the long run for you to have those separations to say like i am not my business that you're a person outside of your business Mm -hmm. and thankfully i think my my roles is like husband and father. Help me with that a little bit uh, mm-hmm. to say like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's all that, but these people are my everything, and this yes. is like, this is my core, and all of this just gets to be extra. And if I get to like help feed them by doing this nonsense, great. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> like- I think you balance that really well. <sighs> I true, I I think that, and I think it's really it, it's challenging to give people permission into your life mm. to see to see those things and as you said, people feel really entitled as your coworker, as your acquaintance to really know who you are and what you're about and what you've done. And it, it, it takes the small talk out of networking. Yeah. You're like, Hey, I already know.
0: Oh yeah. Hey, re- did you see? Yeah. yeah.
1: It, and yeah, you know, there's a lot of times that peppered into conversations. It's like, Oh, I saw this meme, blah, blah, blah. And that's what you connect over. Yeah. And, but it's also very strange sometimes to not know people before you meet them. Which is it? Yeah. I don't. I don't know if it's taboo or it's kind of str- weird in its own way. But um, there's just a different level of trying to define what success looks like, and to go on to an earlier point or bring it back is also. It feels like you have to prove that you're even trying. Mm-hmm. And I and I mention this all the time. It's like people don't care about your story until it's a documentary.
0: Yeah, valid. Heard. You know. Yeah.
1: Like you're, I know that you're rewatching all of Casey stat stuff, like OG day one all the way to now, and I think there's a lot to, and it's similar to similarly to someone saying like I'm going to watch all of so- someone's films or whatever mm-hmm. in a craft kind of way. But I think that there's there's just something to say about people's access and sharing that with others, and your ability to try and people actually believing in you. I think that there's
0: but it is pushing through a certain point. I mean, I didn't believe in myself for a long time. Mm. And to some degree, I hired you for that. And, and then you believed in me. And that was mm. huge to say, like, I just need somebody around that, like, set like sees something in me. Because I think I see it from time to time, but I lose sight of it. And I get mm. caught up in the weeds. And then the imposter syndrome sets in. Um, but I think you said something really great earlier of, like, the barrier of people to do the thing. And, like, mm-hmm. that being... Uh, people not taking you seriously and being like, you just have to do it. And they're Mm -hmm. not, you know, you said talk about, they care about when it's a documentary. I think that you just have to push through and Mm -hmm. and you and I have had some people that I've like tried to push into those spaces to say like, you have everything you need. You have a wheel of genius. I see it. I like, I so clearly see it. And all you have to do is like push a little bit and it'll be great. Mm-hmm. And again, it goes back to the real estate thing. Like, they're, they're, I honestly look at them and be like you'd be better than me. Yep. Like you. Yep. You, your wheel of genius is brighter, better, stronger. Whatever the adjective is, is that it will go further than my will. We wheel will, and I'm certain of it. Mm-hmm. But they don't either have the neuroses to push through. <laughs> their, their life is actually really good and comfortable, and they're comp- they're like content in their life, which would I could. I could dream of being content. Yeah. (laughs) That would be nice. But so like maybe they're healthier than me and they don't need to prove X, Y, Z. But for whatever reason it is that they don't, like they don't push through those things. But like, yeah, you have to push through it to some degree.
1: Well, I think that the biggest, I think the best advice to that outside of just doing the thing, right, is I think you have to know yourself well enough to start. Okay, so you and I have had conversations where our Enneagrams and how they work. So I matched Jess.
0: Yeah, you're a your one. Your wife,
1: yes. And we had talked about that really early on and how, and I remember instantly in that conversation, I think right after that call, I went and Googled. I was like, how do sevens and ones work together? What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? <laughs> and then I was like dodging sometimes when I was like, no, this is not how this will work in a, to benefit us both. But I think you have to know yourself well enough to know how to set your own boundaries. Mm. To be able to say, I won't do this this way because it's just not even who I am. And I think what well, you'll end up saving yourself in the long run is a lot of heartache and maybe a few more at-bats yeah. yeah, in that way. So I think you have to know yourself well enough. I think if you're naive enough to try, like I will give you the biggest pat on the back because most people don't even make it that far. But knowing where those exist for you and what your yeses and nos are, I think strengthen your ability to take more chances on yourself yeah. to make that risk possible.
0: Yeah. I think, I think naivety can be a superpower.
1: I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I have some. I, I say, I sure. say
0: boldly as I, I carry plenty around with me. Um, it, it's some, some borderline between naivety and arrogance that says like, yeah, I can do that. Sure. <laughs> it's like, sure. Why not?
1: Yes. You Google it later. Yep.
0: And, uh, and, and figure it out. Mm-hmm. and creative you're at a rebrand you're now a production house mm-hmm. you've evolved you're now in your 17th at bat whatever mm-hmm. that is and there might be more at bats in mm-hmm. the future but mm-hmm. what has it look like what has been the evolution you know since you and I working together at the very beginning it was just you and me and mm-hmm. you and I taking calls and we were dreaming and you were helping me get everything together to make dreams come true what does it look like now how has it changed
1: I feel a degree of separation of being the person, being the CEO. I feel like before I was really in it and sowing the seeds and I was the person in the dirt and all of those things, but now I feel a strength in numbers and the ability to be a leader in certain spaces Mm -hmm. amongst my peers. I find it incredibly important, and you see it on my website, and I shout people out all the time, you being one of them, in terms of if you come to me and these are your needs, know that this is the team that makes this business run. Mm -hmm. I've grown past the naivety to think that though I'm a really good leader and I totally in a one wing two on the Enneagram, I think building community and strength in numbers has served this production house better than I could have imagined. And also understanding that opportunity can be given and received. Mm-hmm. Like, I've gotten referrals that surprised me and created opportunity I didn't think would happen, but also I've been able to give that to other people. And I don't ever, I thought that it would take me many more years to get to the point of hiring other people. Mm. Truly. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I thought that that was a far off dream and I, and so the biggest difference from then to now is I'm not always working in my business. There's times that I'm working on it, but that on it is with a team of other people. Mm -hmm. It's being able to just call someone up. Yeah. Sometimes I'm disheartened by the idea that while I applaud the number of entrepreneurs now and the number of people that are taking chances on, on themselves, sometimes I feel like a call is met with an expectation of what do I also get in return? Mm. And I think the biggest thing that I've learned in building the team in the production house is getting to be the leader in my own wheel of genius, but also having other people that have wheels that make the greater machine run. Mm -hmm. There's no way that I could do this without collaboration. And I think in and of that idea, though, being able to also just divide Mm -hmm. and being the CEO and being the leader and really... In the nerdy business stuff, know my numbers and be able to do all of that versus saying coming from a survival mindset to a thriving mindset and even going through periods where if business is slow, how do you manage that? And really being able to operate as a business owner and not just the only person in the business.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The solopreneur versus the entrepreneur Mm -hmm. mindset. Mm -hmm. It it is a bigger thing and you have to hire and you have to delegate and let go of things. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Do all of that. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it is been a, an honor to get to be a part of that story and uh, I appreciate you <laughs> letting me ramble on as much as I did, but I, I wholeheartedly believe in what you're doing and I'm excited to be a part of it both in history, but also with my camera and to be able to have my own media company that is now helping others and doing that and participating and leveraging mm-hmm. things out and Similarly, I'm at a space now running two businesses and a podcast that I'm actively giving away as much of it as I can to be like, I can't do all of this.
1: I learned that from you. Man. Well, I, I there's probably a list of like very tiny nuggets that I took because you were in a, diff, in a different level of professionalism. There's yeah. definitely nuggets I've taken from our conversations over the year <laughs> Yeah, that served me really well, but that, that was definitely one of them. And I think that's what... Has certainly been a nugget in the greater goal of like hiring other people. Yeah, that so I don't have. I don't have to be a solopreneur. I yeah. can hire out all of that. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I
0: feel like you're figuring it out faster than I am because I've been talking about it within <laughs> the year and still still working on it, but within. Real estate, um, you know, when it rains, it pours, and I've got a ton of business right now, which I'm grateful for. But it also has meant that I've had to leverage more out and be like, I've got to build this team, like I have to, Mm -hmm. um, to take care of those clients as well as I want, and get to do all the other things that I want to do. Like it can't be on me. My time just doesn't exist that way. So Mm -hmm. figuring it out one step at a time. I am so excited uh, for you. How do people get a hold of you? Social, social, obviously. Yeah. yeah,
1: I feel you can obviously go and check out my work and you can read case studies on greater brands that have been built since working with me. And you can really read their story, your stories in there. My favorite part, I think, is at the very bottom that says the real shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Like this is really beautiful and all, yeah. but this is the truth of it. And that's something that I think is is a little... Nugget of gold in yeah. terms of actually going in and, and reading that on the website. But social, obviously, phone number, email, all of those things. But they're out there. Yeah. They're yeah. All the things that you know you have to have these days. But more often than not, I think my favorite thing, and I tell every person on a di- discovery calls are my favorite. Mm-hmm. I don't quite frankly, I don't even care most of the time if we end up working together. Yeah. I just I want to hear the dream and I want to celebrate you through social and recommend you if you're a better fit for someone else, or you're just trying it out and you're on your 15th at bat. Like I just want to support people in that way. You know, obviously my business is to be a creative arm and I hope that it works out, but if it doesn't, then like, call me. If you just want to like shoot the shit and say, I, I, and be you and say, I've got 32 endeavors that I've been dreaming about for 20 years and I just want to figure it out what are your thoughts? Like I'm here. I love, I live, I don't even just love, I live for those conversations because it's the human side of the greater dream. It's bringing your dreams from being asleep to being awake. Yeah. And I live for those. And, well, and oftentimes only, people only need that. Yeah. Just a short call to be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. This is real. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a, a possible little, thing. Enough validation. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Haley Ryan, Mac Ryan, creative, so much of my life wouldn't exist without your help and support. Houston made certainly wouldn't not just the the artwork, but the dream, the existence, all of it is so much based on our conversation. So thank you. And if this episode isn't just a pure endorsement for people to, <laughs> to, to spend time and money working with you, um, we'll certainly push people your work.
1: Wonderful. Thanks, thank you. Very-
0: a huge thank you to Haley and to you for listening to this episode of Houston made. If you haven't done so already, go find Haley on Instagram at Mac Ryan Creative, all one word. You can see her whole new rebrand as well as some of the excellent work that she has done for clients, way cooler than me. If you're interested in setting up a discovery call with Haley to see how she might be able to support your small business or passion project, visit MacRyanCreative.com to get started. And friends, that is a wrap on season one. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for engaging on social media. Thank you for supporting and being so wonderful to our guests for all of it. Thank you. We'll be back with season two early in 2022. And I've already got a long list of potential guests that I'm thrilled to sit down with. Finally, for a limited time after this season ends, I will be selling official Houston made merch. I've got a couple of great items that I'm stoked to share. And by buying any of that, you will help make season two possible by supporting me and the guests that come on our show and share about what they're doing right here in Houston. So keep an eye on Instagram at HoustonMadePodcast podcast for more details. Houston made is hosted by me, Rusty Gates produced and edited in collaboration with the wonderful Luke Bronner. Our artwork was designed by Stephanie Leal and Sarah Alwegfi in collaboration with Mac Ryan creative credit for our theme music goes to old friends, new friends. And Houston Made is glad to be a part of the Milieu Media neighborhood of podcasts and storytellers. We are people who care deeply about human connection. And in our neighborhood, we find that connection by hearing and appreciating one another's stories. To find more shows made by amazing storytellers from all kinds of backgrounds, visit MilieuMedia.com.